0: good for me to be able to sit down and not be able to be part of a worship celebration. But hey, if you're here for the first time today, we'd like to say we are delighted and welcome home. We're here and we love to celebrate people and what God is doing in people's lives. So if you're here at the end of the service, we'd love for you to go in the back there. We have a special gift for you as well. Uh, Karen is normally back there and she's very... Viracious and she'll make sure you feel at home, absolutely at home. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward right now as we prepare uh, for the offering this morning. It is good to put God first in every area of our lives. Sometimes the financial area is the last place that we give to the Lord. We want to hold on to it. But let's put God first, giving Him the first fruits, our tithes, our alms, and as we do that, the blessings, financial blessings, will continue to love. Let's pray for the option. Lord God, I thank you that you are faithful to us in every area, and may we be faithful to you in our finances. And as we give to you, Lord, we ask that our missionaries would be blessed, home and abroad, and that the word of the gospel would go out and strengthen and empower because of our faithfulness in our giving to you give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cliff, come on up. He's going to give us some announcements. Morning, Josiah family. How's everybody doing? Good. So i got a couple quick announcements. How many of you guys uh, are veterans? If you're a veteran, please stand up. We want to just honor you right now and, and thank you for your service. We really Thank we got the Wichita Dinner coming up this Friday. Uh, I believe that's at 6 o'clock. So just show up and show your support. There's going to be good food, fellowship. Uh, and we get to, you know, reach out to the community, which is always good. Um, if you're a sore, the sore meeting is directly after this church service. So uh, thank you guys for a great service. Brother. Well, hey, Pastor Dave uh, told me on Tuesday that he was going to be out of town with his family in California. So John's gone today. Pastor Dave is not here, and I found out Tuesday that he wanted me to share to teach on Sunday morning. So I am blessed uh, to have that opportunity. So uh, let's just bundle our seats and see what God wants to do today. Lord God, I thank you uh, for the time that Pastor Dave and his family are celebrating in California. I ask that you would bless them, may you refresh them, and. Uh, we just love You. We thank You for the, the His ministry as well. Uh, we give You thanks today in Your Son's name. Amen. Praise and worship. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that creation begins in the hands of God. When you see that there's the moon is created, the stars the trees, the water, the days, and sometimes I think, boy, what it would have been like to be there and see God at His handiwork in a timeless place. God in His handiwork. But all creation, they learn that God is enough, that God is love, and God is truth. When we look at Exodus chapter 14, we see Moses and the children of Israel, and they're going through the Red Sea, but there's no water. There's water on both sides, but they're walking with their sandals on dry lands. Probably it was not even muddy. It was probably dry because it says they went through, and I can't imagine just looking and seeing the water stacked up on both sides. But the children of Israel and Moses They learned one thing, that God is enough, God is love, and God is truth. In Judges 16, there's a similar scripture that you all know. There's this man who had no hair because he was shaved, bald, by his wife. And men, I would hate to wake up one one morning and your wife would shake your head bald. I don't know what you would do. But that was Samson. That was Samson. But he learned very quickly that God is enough. God is love. And God is truth. Uh, Daniel, chapter chapter 3. Great scripture. There were these three huge Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I call them Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Okay, okay. That's what I learned in the church when I was really small. But these three, these three, were the first Tyromaniacs, All right, they were in the furnace. And there was another guy that showed up, Jesus. But they were in the midst of a furnace and they didn't get burned up. Alright? But they learned three things, that God is enough. God is love. And God is truth. Now there's, let me just go to the New Testament. Acts chapter 9. We learn about Paul Paul of Sarsis, who was on the road to, I could say our Damascus church. Alright? And what happened? He had, a, he had an opportunity. Because Jesus met him there. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. And his life was changed. But he learned three things. He learned that God is enough. God is love, and God is truth. In Revelation, chapter 19, here's what we learn. That there's a great multitude of people, too many to measure, too many to measure, and they are singing out, Hallelujah! 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 To the King. And the word hallelujah just simply means praise to God. Praise to God. And they learned at that time that God is enough. God is love. And God is truth. From the beginning of time, everything in creation, gave praise to God. And it will continually give praise to God. We know that every praise that comes from our lips, as we say, the fruit of our lips, should be giving thanks to God. So this morning, I want you to turn to Psalms. If you have your Bible, Psalms chapter 66. As we look at raising a hallelujah to God this morning. Raising a hallelujah to God. Turn to your Bibles. Psalm 66, which is a praise. This whole chapter talks about praise to God for His awesome Word and His answers to prayer. And it says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord all the earth. Sing out the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you. All sing praise to you. They shall sing praise to you, to your name. Come and see the work of God. It is His awesome in His doing for." Uh, towards the son of men he turns the sea into dry land they went through the river on foot they will rejoice in him he rules by power his eye observes the nations do not let the rebels exalt themselves oh bless our God you people and make the voice of his praise be heard who keeps our souls among the living. And does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, for you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net, have laid affliction on our backs, you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water. But you have brought us up out to rich fulfillment. I will go into the house of the Lord with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows. And my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt sacrifice of fat animals. With the sweet aroma of rams, I will offer bulls with goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. And I will declare what He has done for my soul. I will cry to Him with my mouth. And He will extol my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayers. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayers. Now His mercies from that. So I want to look at the first just ten verses. As we look at praise and worship This morning, and then we're going to look at it from celebrating as a congregation. In verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. So, this first verse kind of sets the table for the rest of the 10 verses. And it's simply saying, Not just shout, it's just saying, Make a loud noise, like a rumble. Make it loud when you're Shouting out about who God is. And do it with a joyful heart. Not just kind of mediocrity. Giving your all. Your entire being He's saying. And he's also saying all the earth. So the trees to the bees, the rocks. They are all giving praise to God. Everything that's here on earth. Gives praise to our God. Gives praise to our God. And sometimes we think we can worship half-heartedly. And this first verse, says, no, 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 that's a no-no. Give it with the whole heart to the Lord. And then in verse 2, it says, sing out the honor of His name. So it's saying sing with passion uh, in celebration of all the notable achievements God has done. What are the notable achievements in your life God has done? Well, He got you here this morning. You're breathing. Those are some notable things. But think of the things God has done. Those are the things we should give Him praise for. And sometimes it's easy to not do it wholeheartedly. But this verse is saying once again, make known, see the praises. Verse 3. Say to God how awesome are Your works. God, your works are awesome. They're just not mundane, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. Speak out to God the deeds that He has done. They're beyond what we could ever imagine. And we are to speak those out as we saying in verse uh, 3 here. How awesome are your works. Great are your powers. And then he says, your enemies will submit themselves to you. See, our enemies cannot overtake us. And all of these things are happening when they're giving worship. When you you think people are against you, give worship to God. When, When your enemies are about to defeat you, give praise. Which is a hard thing to do, but give praise because God is there in the midst and He knows the outcome. God knows the outcome. Look at verse 4. All the earth shall worship you and sing praise to you. Everything in our universe, alright, gives praise to our God. I kind of mentioned that earlier. That everything gives praise to God. And then it says, they shall sing the praises in verse 4. We all sing the praises. Once again, the mountains sing the praises. The moon, the stars, they all sing the praises of our God. So why shouldn't we? Because we are His children. And He so desires to bless. In verses 5 and 6 it says, See the work of God. He is awesome. He is doing towards us towards us, men. He turned the sea in the dry land. They went through the rivers of, on foot. They will rejoice in Him. They will rejoice in Him. Verses 5 and 6, it's a reference of the children of Israel that they're going through uh, the Red Sea. And as they're crossing the Red Sea, they're rejoicing because they know that God is with them. And in our lives, we are also going through red seas. That there's things that are hurting us. Things that we just couldn't imagine happen and they happened in our lives. So we need to think about what God, how God has taken us through those trials. How God has taken us through the pains, the ups and the downs, the victories and the defeats. God has taken us through those things. But we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate and worship God with strength and power not just with oh praise God but this whole scripture is saying praising with power and authority giving thanks and give him praise verse 7 says he rules his power forever he his eyes observes the nations do not let the rebellious exalt them he reigns in power in timeless abound. And he continually watches over the nations. Did you know that? That God is watching over all the nations. God's watching over all our communities. Amen. God is watching over every single nation on this world, in this world. God knows what's happening. God doesn't sleep on the job. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't need naps. That's not our God. Now, Buddha needs naps. Muhammad needs naps. But our God doesn't. He does not slumber. And He knows what's happening in America. The good, the bad, the ugly. He knows. And we need to give you praise and say, Thank you, God, for America. And pray for America. But praise Him for our country. A lot of us, and just go back to our veterans, thank God for our veterans. But we need to praise God and thank Him. There's things here in America that aren't that good. There's things in your marriages that aren't that good. Praise God for your marriage. Praise Him for our country. Praise Him for our kids. Even when they're not doing all the things you desire for them to do. Alright? But praise Him thank you God for watching over our country and not giving up on us. Verse 8 O God, our God, you people, and may the voice of His praise be heard. The purest of worship blesses God. Pure, unadulterated worship. God loves. He loves it. He also is blessed when we obey Him. And part of the, the worship experience is obeying Him. And then in verse 9, who keeps our souls among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. God, we should honor through our worshiping the life. God is the life giver, and we should worship Him for that. That's what this particular scripture is talking about. He's the one that gives life, and He gives it abundantly. Now, sometimes when we go our own way, we lose that abundance because we're taking our eyes off God, and then we want that abundance. Well, you, you can't have both. But He's the life giver, and He gives it abundantly. He just doesn't give it a little bit of life. He gives us. A lot of life. But sometimes we take our eyes off and our life isn't abundant anymore. God is like you. And then in verse 10, it says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. God brings us trials. Isn't that fun?
1: Don't you love the
0: trials God brings to you? They hone you. They make you more Christ-like in the midst of the trial. And trials are frustrating at times, but they're good. They're good for the soul and they create in us a means for us to trust and to worship and to worship during those trials and to worship And to worship. I think you're getting what I'm saying. You need to worship during those trials. Alright? You need to worship. God is a great God. He's a great giver of life. And God desires our worship. In fact, do you think God ever gets tired of you worshiping Him? I know my wife Jill doesn't get tired of me worshiping her. God doesn't get tired of you worshiping Him. He desires us to worship Him. Okay, let let me just turn the pages for a moment. And let's just talk about Sunday morning corporate worship experience. Okay, just for a few minutes. Charles Spurgeon, who was a known, one of the greatest pastors and teachers of the word, who was in the 1800s, he was a pastor, a Baptist pastor. And incredible, absolutely incredible. Almost, I would say if you are a pastor, I'm sure some of you have used maybe some of his sermon notes. But he says this about worship. And I, I just love it because it reminds me of what I would say. But he just says worship, he says, that's my happy place. Don't you like that? That's his happy place. That's, that's me too. It's, it, it's my happy place. And hopefully, it's your happy place. In Isaiah 61.3, it says, the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Now, the garment of praise fits everybody here. When you put that garment of praise on, and by the way, I think the garment should stay on, the garment of praise. It shouldn't be just Sunday morning. It should be on all the time so it feels comfortable. You don't want to come in and put the garment on on Sunday morning. It's kind of tight, doesn't fit right, but then you're, you're kind of entering in. No, no, no. You want the garment of praise on all the time so it fits comfortably, and you, you just go, that, ah, there we go. It fits perfect. Well, the garment of praise is something that we should be familiar with, and we should have it on all the time. I remember when I was in seminary, and it was um, I was a freshman at Western Seminary, and they, it was chapel time, and I we were singing, I believe, Amazing Grace. I had my eyes closed, I just lift my hands, and I'm singing Amazing Grace, how sweet. And I opened my eyes, and nobody else has their hands up. And you know what I did? How sweet the sound. And I put my hands down. And I started thinking later, you know what? That's the fear of man. And I should have the way I worship is to God and it's not to man. All right? So our experience in worship is to God and not to man. And when I was at a church here in town called Maradatha, and I grew up in a really Pentecostal church, and I said, but God, I want to experience you. And it's not Pentecostal, charismatic. Are conservative. Now, I remember being at this church. I was a youth pastor, and the worship was absolutely incredible. I mean, the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was incredible. And my hands are up, and I'm just worshiping, and I'm just lost. And all of a sudden, I look down. and I, I, I this is. Well, I'm not going. This is the truth. I looked down at my feet. My feet were moving. I didn't even know they were moving. I mean, they were moving. now because I was busting loose, alright? You know, like Michael Jackson. No, but I was dancing before the Lord, and I didn't even know it until I looked down. And I looked back up, and I'm just worshiping, alright? Once again, don't fear man. Alright? Don't fear man. In Psalms chapter 6, verse 14, King David. Danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. You know what that is? David's underwear was showing. He was dancing so much that he didn't even know that his underwear was showing. He just said, "Hey, I'll be more undignified than this because I'm worshiping the Lord, and I don't care what people think." Amen. All right. But he was in his undies were showing, and in the midst of that, he was just worshiping, they didn't even care. Because he's worshiping the only God. Um, Psalms 14. uh, What does the Word say about lifting the hands? Psalms 14.2 Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now I'm not saying everybody needs to to lift their hands. But I'm saying everybody needs to bless the Lord. Alright? I love lifting my hands. My hands just go up automatically. They just go up and I worship the Lord. But it is biblical that we worship the Lord. Alright. And lifting the hands. What about clapping? Psalms 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. I didn't say some people. Just you over here clap. Over here silence. No. It says, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. That's once again with authority and with power. Not doing it kind of meagerly. No. So, sing out. Sing out. Someone told me one time, uh, when you're singing out to the Lord, that's your opportunity for those who have great voices to sing out. For those of you who have, no, your voices are horrible. You sing out because that's your opportunity to get even with God. (laughs) All right? But you sing out. You sing out. Great voices. Voices that are so-so. Sing out to the Lord. So we need to do the things of the Lord and what it says in His Word. So, lifting the hands, it even says dancing. And I don't think it's charismatic or conservative. It's biblical. Alright? And we should do the things that the Word says to do. And I pray that in our body that it's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to clap. It's okay to even dance. Alright? So, Find your happy place. Don't be in a stick in the mud. Worship is an expression of one's passion towards and to God. Just my passion, my total passion. And it involves emotions, or emotions, but it's not emotional, it's spiritual. Uh, It does involve passion, but it's not passive. You you just don't be passive with God uh, in our worship. We are to be participants in worship, and we are not to be spectators. Let me tell you a quick little story. Uh, when I was at Clackamas High School, I had the opportunity uh, my senior year to go to state in uh, the 100 meters. And I remember being at Otson Stadium and running. And there were some of my family members, several friends from high school. They were all there as well. And they're on the sidelines and they're looking. And I'm running and running. And I started thinking today is a great illustration. I was the one participating. I was running. I had a goal that I wanted to reach. But they were on the sideline participating. And in worship, it is not a uh, sideline where you are, um, uh, you're just on the sidelines. You it's not a spectator sport in worship. Okay? You need to be a participant wholeheartedly, like you're going for the gold, like it's in the Olympics, you're going for the gold. That you have a passion and not that, okay, let's worship. No. So, let's go back to the beginning of my sermon. All things were created to worship God. Not some things, but all things. And in worship, they are saying God is enough. God is love and God is truth. Alright? Now I don't want you to miss this. Some have missed it probably the majority of the Christian life saying worship is a prelude to the sermon and it's just singing. Okay? Worship is not a prelude to get you to the sermon and it's not just singing. That's not it. Throughout the Bible, from the very beginning, we see worship. It's not just singing. It's giving praise to our God. It's giving praise to our God. So so I want you to get this. Please catch this. The sermon, all right, is God telling us something every Sunday. And worship is us. Telling God something. Amen. Okay? Keep following me here. Let me make it first singular. The sermon is for God telling me something. And my worship is for me telling God something. Alright? So it's singular. It's me. Um uh, So, the question is this. So, what is God telling me, and what am I telling God? What what is God telling me during the sermon, and what am I telling God through worship? Well, He is telling me through His sermons that God is enough. In the sermons, He's telling me God is enough. He's telling me God is love, and he's telling me God is truth. That's in the sermons. That's always in the sermon. God is always what enough. He's always and God is okay. Now catch this part. That's what God's telling me in the sermon. But what am I telling God in worship? I'm telling God that He is what? Yeah, and I'm telling He's what? And I'm telling He's what? Yes! We're telling, it's the same thing. Does it make sense? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up right now. But, I want to make sure you understand this. So every Sunday morning, God is enough. And creation knows that. And God and, and God is Love. Creation knows that. And when I say God is enough, simply means God is big. He's jumbled, okay? He's bigger than your dad. He's beyond what you could ever imagine. He's big. And when I'm saying God is love, then He always takes care of His own. You're His own. Right? That's love. You take care of your family. Then the last thing is God is true because He always keeps His promise. Name a promise God didn't keep He's coming back. He said He would. He's coming back. I promise He is coming back. Well, in the midst of all that, creation is saying those three things. And we're part of creation. We should be doing this every Sunday morning during our praise and worship. Alright? We should be raising like they did in verse 19 in Revelation. Raising a hallelujah to the Lord. They should be raising that to Him. I'm going to invite you to stand. and we, as a church body, I want us, you understand what worship is now, I want us to raise... I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to turn this off. I want us to raise a hallelujah to the Lord this morning. And I want you to sing it with all that's within you. If you want to dance before the Lord, that's okay. If you want to lift your hands higher, I would just say this. I want you to worship a little bit harder than you ever have this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it's okay. I'm in praise, dance, shout, but I want, I want the Lord of the universe to hear this. Alright, so we're raising hallelujah to you, Lord. That looks good and uh, God is enough, God is love, and God is truth. Father, this morning we thank you for those three simple thoughts. And may we carry them throughout the week as we give praise and honor and glory throughout the week to you. And then when we come back next Sunday, then we've got the Garment of Praise on, and we are we're ready just to worship and sing your name and then praise you and honor and glory. Be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Have a good afternoon, everyone.